You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? This is the Decoding Success Podcast, and you are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie. Super excited to have you joining us today as we bring to you another extraordinary individual in our friend, Emily Fletcher. Emily is the founder of Ziva Meditation and the leading expert in meditation for extraordinary performance. Her book, Stress Less, Accomplish More, absolute amazing title. We're going to dive into that in just a little bit. Debuted at number seven out of all books on Amazon. What an amazing accomplishment. Shout out to you, Emily. Now, the New York Times, Good Morning America, The Today Show, Vogue, and ABC News have all featured Emily's work. She's been named one of the top 100 women in wellness to watch, has taught more more than 20,000 students around the globe and has spoken on meditation for performance at Apple, Google, Harvard Business School, and Barclays Bank, to name a few. Now, Ziva graduates include Oscar, Grammy, Tony, and Emmy Award winners, NBA players, Navy SEALs, Fortune 500 CEOs, and everything in between. Today, we're going to be discussing the Ziva technique, how to stress less and accomplish more, and I know I want a shit ton of people over with that one, being in alignment and synchronized, getting rid of the quote-unquote shiny train syndrome, and oh, that is one of my favorite parts of this episode and honestly just so much more so get ready for this one i know you're gonna really love it make sure to share it with your friends listen just share it with one friend today who's on your mind who are you already texting who are you emailing just shoot it over to them tech has made it so easy to share these amazing valuable tools and the value emily is bringing will really help you become someone's hero someone's mentor someone that is looked up to by the person you're sharing with. It only takes one share. Now, on top of the amazing value that is being brought to you by Emily, literally in boat tons, literally, it is like that. Before we get into that, we here at Decoding Success wanna provide you all tuned in with even more value outside of the content on this show. So, we've partnered with two amazing companies, and yes, I use them both. Firstly, Gen M. They are an absolute lifesaver for business owners looking to affordably scale. Seriously, let me tell you, if you are bootstrapped, if you are a startup, or if you are a corporation that just honestly can't pay another salary, Gen M is for you. You have access to your very own remote marketing intern for under $200 a month, and I'm not going to disclose the price. I want you to check that out for yourself. Absolutely amazing offer here. It was a no-brainer for me, and if you're interested in checking it out, you can find the link in the show notes of this episode. Now, on top of Gen M, we've been rocking with Audible for Honestly, what seems to be ever now, Audible and Decoding Success have teamed up to deliver you a free audiobook of your choice. I actually just re-listened to one of my favorite books by one of my favorite people. Shout out to Damon John and his book, The Power of Broke. If you want to optimize your time, this offer is for you. Head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success to claim your free, and yes, I mean totally free by the way, zero strings attached, no strings attached, it is free 99, claim your free audiobook of your choice today through that link or you could find it in the show notes of this episode. Now, it is time to dive into this episode today with the very insightful Emily Fletcher. Emily, first and foremost, I want to thank you for dedicating the time to make impact here on Decoding Success. We're super excited to have you. I think it's going to be fun. Let's rock. Let's do it. So first question straight off the bat for you is how do you personally define success? 
I think success is when you're in love with your life, when you can't help but erupt into spontaneous gratitude for different things as they show up in, in each area of your life. I love that. I love that. Now, how do you find yourself staying in love with your life? Because obviously as humans, right, there's going to be times where, you know, the challenges come in and the deprecating thoughts creep in and the failures and the mistakes and all of that can, it could really get to us, right? So how do you find yourself staying in love? Well, I think the secret here, the not so secret secret is that you have to keep expanding and leading with creation. Um, There's a concept in the Vedas, which is this beautiful ancient body of knowledge. and, And it is that there's no such thing as good or bad. There's no such thing as right or wrong. There is only creation maintenance and destruction. And the idea here is that if you lead with creation, which is really expansion, uh, then maintenance is naturally in second place and destruction is naturally in third. And life tends to flow pretty elegantly. You tend to get nature support. You tend to be in flow state um, when you're leading with creation. But what we tend to do as humans is that we create, we like what we create, and then we immediately try to maintain. We try to hold on. And then when we leave with maintenance, then destruction is nipping at our heels. And so while birthing things is scary and hard, you know, while creating things takes a lot of work and it feels uncertain, I would offer that it's actually uh, much more sustainable and even safer than leading with maintenance. Because if you're leading with maintenance, then you're basically waving the flag of irrelevancy for destruction to come through and, and clean house. So anyway, the, the Cliffs Notes here is that the way I continue to love my life and stay in what I consider to be success is simply by continuing to expand and grow and create and not get stagnant or lead with maintenance. I love that. That's the first time we've ever heard that here on the show. So you're saying lead with expansion and creation. I think that's really awesome. Now, I want to talk about before this best-selling book and the press and the life-changing practice at Ziva, you were on Broadway, which was your dream as a child. Can you walk us through that journey? Yeah. So I knew when I was in fourth grade, I was reading a newspaper on the floor of my mom's bathroom and I saw an ad for this place called Young Actors Theater. And I was like, oh, mom, I'm going to need to go here. You know, I'm going to be an actress. And I just decided when I was in fourth grade. And uh, then I was very fortunate. My second day in New York, I got my first job. I worked on Broadway for 10 years and it was awesome. I loved it. And my third week on Broadway, like after I had my first, my Broadway debut, it was actually the saddest I'd ever been. And, and I realized at a pretty early age that I was more interested in the happiness of pursuit than I was the pursuit of happiness, right? It's like, you think once you get this thing, you're going to be, you know, totally fulfilled. But I actually liked the, I liked the hustle. I liked the moving towards the dream. And so I just kept thinking, well, my happiness must be in my next Broadway show or my next job or my next boyfriend or my next zero in my bank account. And I did that for about a decade. And then my last Broadway show was a chorus line where I was understudying three of the lead roles, which means you have absolutely no idea which character you're going to play at the theater each night. And that level of uncertainty and anxiety started leading to insomnia. I, had, I couldn't sleep through the night for 18 months. I was going sick, getting gray, and, um, or going gray and getting sick. And, uh, and then finally, I was like, this is, like, this is not my dream. I, I'm miserable. What's going on? And this girl sitting next to me in the dressing room had a harder job than I did, but she was nailing it. And I was like, what do you know that I don't know? And she said, I meditate. And I was like, oh God, one of you. And I rolled my (laughs) eyes. I didn't believe her and just kept going gray and having insomnia. And then 
I was so embarrassed about my performance finally that I thought, well, I have to try something. So I went along with this intro to meditation talk. I took a course. It was, you know, a couple hours a day for four days. And the first day of the first course, I was in a different state of consciousness that I had ever been in before. And I liked it. And then that night I slept through the night for the first time in 18 months. And I have every night since that was 11 years ago. And then I stopped getting sick. I did not get sick for eight and a half years. I stopped going gray. I stopped getting injured. But I'd say most importantly, I started enjoying my job again. And so I left Broadway. I went to India and I started what became a three-year training process to teach. And then since graduating, I've taught over 20,000 people. I've you know, had this book that just came out this year and it's just been a wild and super fun ride. That is absolutely amazing. So a lot of that resonates with me and I know a lot of it's going to resonate with the listeners here. You talked about living for the next, right? And that's something personally where I've been stuck in, you know, and I mean, graciously, I was, I've been able to make jumps in life, but I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, a lot of the individuals tuned in are high performers. Some meditate, some may claim to not have the time to do so. So what could you say to sway them on the importance of the practice? Well, I would say that first of all, like you're in the right place. Hopefully you're talking to the right lady because at Ziva, we specialize in meditation for high performance. We, we specialize in working with high performers and people with very busy lives and very busy minds. And I would say that, you know, you're not alone if you think you're too busy to meditate. I think there's really two main reasons why people don't meditate. One is that they feel like they're failing at it when they do it because they can't clear their minds. And there's like one dude going around telling everyone that in order to meditate, you have to clear your mind. That's not true. Uh, the point of meditation is not to, to give your brain a command to shut up. I would say the point of meditation is to get good at life. And if you're a high performer and you want to be good at life, there is no other tool that is better than meditation for that. I mean, if you know, you're safe and you're eating good food and like you're not in immediate danger, you know, um, but let's assume that all those things are handled, then this tool, this ancient tool can actually go in and eradicate the stress from your brain and body. And here's the reality. Stress is making us stupid, sick, and slow. And so unless you want to be you know, stupid, sick, and slow, then if you're not meditating, you're simply not performing at the top of your game. Like if you're not managing your stress, your stress is managing you. And I think that a lot of people think, well, oh, meditation is like a cool, like whatever, like a nice thing I'll do if I have some extra time. And I think the reason why most people think that is that what they're practicing is not actually meditation. It's what I would call mindfulness. So most of the free apps out there, most of the guided meditation, quote unquote, on YouTube, most of the drop-in studios are actually teaching what I would call mindfulness. And mindfulness is amazing. It's great. It's very good at dealing with your stress in the now. It's very good at creating a state change. But what I teach at Ziva is all about a trait change. It's going in and actually getting rid of your stress from the past. That backlog of accumulated stress in your nervous system that's over time slowing you down. And so what we do is that we use mindfulness almost as like the appetizer, as something to do, something to control on the way to this very deep, healing, restful surrender that is meditation. And, and the big difference here is that you're going in and not only dealing with like, oh, well, my boss yelled at me 
and I feel a little stressed today. So let me do 10 minutes of this free app and feel a little better in the now. Uh, It's actually going in and systematically eradicating the entire backlog of stresses you've ever accumulated in your whole life. And over time, bit by bit, day by day, meditation by meditation, that's what's ushering you into higher states of cognitive performance. And when people say they're too busy to meditate, I'm like, this is your brain that we're talking about. Like if you don't have time to take care of your brain, which is responsible for every decision you make and printing every single cell in your body, then what the F else are you doing with your time? For sure. And I know everyone tuned in is definitely an individual that wants to live their best life. So I appreciate you sharing that. And you've already beat me to my two next questions. You're way ahead of the game here. I need to catch up. (laughs) I was going to ask you, what was it that compelled you to build Ziva or the Ziva Technique on mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. You kind of went into that, but if there's a little bit more to elaborate on, I'd love that. Yeah, a thousand percent. So where this gets confusing for a lot of folks is that many people are using the terms mindfulness and meditation as synonyms, but they're not the same thing. So I talked a little bit, right, that mindfulness is very good at dealing with your stress in the now. And technique-wise, that's basically anytime you are directing your focus. So if you're controlling your breath or visualizing something or picturing a waterfall or visualizing your chakras or you know, anytime you're directing your focus somewhere, I'm putting that in the camp of mindfulness. Again, very good at creating a state change in the now, like taking an aspirin if you have a headache. Now, the type of meditation that I teach at Ziva is, is more like taking a nap sitting up, but in this nap, you're actually getting rest that's even deeper than sleep. Metabolic rate drops, heart rate slows, body temperature cools. Um, head gets droopy. You don't have to have fancy fingers. You don't have to chant. You don't have to sit in uncomfortable positions. You can do it on a couch, on a bus, on a subway, on a plane with your kids screaming in the next room and your open floor office plan. You really can do it anywhere you can sit. Um, and so that makes it infinitely portable. And then the manifesting piece is, is simply consciously creating a life you love. Um, I know that if, you know, for high performers listening, you probably already are doing this to some degree. You already probably have been intentional about what you want maybe your, your work life to look like. But what a lot of us are missing is this holistic picture of like, yeah, my work life is rocking, but how's my sex life? Or, you know, my relationship's great, but I'm broke. Or, you know, I'm, I'm hustling at work and work is strong, but I'm, my physical health is suffering. And so in the manifesting practice, we utilize the few minutes right after meditation where the right and left hemispheres of the brain are functioning in unison. And it's a very powerful place to start to ask better questions. You start to ask questions like, you know, how much money do I want to make this year? What's my ideal client roster look like? You know, how much sex would I like to be having? What is you know, my dream friend group look like. And what a lot of us are doing when we think we're praying or we even think we're manifesting is that we're secretly complaining. And we ask questions like, God, why can't I lose this weight? Why does she have a boyfriend and I don't? Why does he have so many Facebook followers and I don't? And so it's like, we think we're manifesting, but we're secretly complaining. And if you ask questions like, why can't I lose weight? Why does she have a boyfriend and I don't? Your brain will answer those questions for you. You know, you'll find all the reasons why you can't lose weight and all the reasons why you don't have a boyfriend. And so basically we utilize these few minutes right after the meditation to just start to plant the seeds for our desires. And we start to do it in all different areas of our life. And what I've found in my own experience and now from working with so many high performers is that the whole really is greater than the sum of its parts. Because if you're just practicing mindfulness, that might be good to like relax you after a long day, but is it really gonna give you the type of return on investment that you need? And meditation is awesome, 
And it is the main course of the Ziva technique. But if you combine that with the manifesting, it's like the gap between your desires and your desires becoming into reality is so much shorter, so much faster. Oh, that is, that's extremely powerful when you combine the three. Now, I do want to let you know that you, you just amazed me. First of all, you won me over. I think a lot of people tuned in can resonate with what I'm about to say. I always thought that I was meditating, but in reality, I was just practicing mindfulness, you know, when I tune into one of my apps or, you know, something on YouTube. So like I said, you totally won me over and I appreciate you sharing that. Now, you've also mentioned stress a couple times here in this interview. And I want to talk about, you know, what you said, you said, if we don't control our stress, stress will control us. And as a founder, as a CEO, as a lot of people listening are, you know, hustling, bustling, um, being in New York or being in a busy city like Miami or LA or Chicago, wherever they are, right? We definitely experience stress. So I want to talk about how to stress less and accomplish more, your book. What's the advice here? Give it to us as blunt as possible. How can we stress less and accomplish more? Mm -hmm. So it's basically investing and it is an investment, right? It's investing 2% of your day so that you can make the other 98% more amazing, more productive, more enjoyable. And it's like, instead of getting into the old grind of like, I'll be happy when I finish my to-do list, I'll be happy when I acquire this company, I'll be happy when, you know, because you've done that research. We've all been doing that research for decades. And, and what the meditation does is that it's like, okay, I wake up, I, I allocate this time, I invest this time in optimizing my own mental performance, and then just see. And then just see how the rest of your day unfolds. We want to keep remembering that we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. And so, you know, the not so secret secret is that you got to do it every day. You know, just like the coffee that you drank two weeks ago is not going to give you energy today. The meditation that you did three months ago is not going to help improve your life today. You have to actually do it every day. And the, what I teach at Ziva is actually twice a day. And that sounds incomprehensible for people. They're like, I'm so busy. And it's like, but if you understood the opportunity cost of how much stress is slowing you down, then you would see that this is so well worth this time investment. It's actually, so what I teach is 15 minutes twice a day in the book and in our online course. And so that's 30 minutes a day, which is a lot. I get it. But what you start to find is that your to-do list that used to take you five or six hours starts to take you more like three. You know, a decision that you were hemming and hawing over for three months, you just make instantly. You know, was wasted time in relationships that weren't reciprocal. That starts to just be a, no, a non-starter. You're like, no, I'm not going to stay in this because it doesn't feel energetically balanced or... You know, it's just you start to trust your intuition so much more. You start to have so much more clarity because that stress really is fogging our ability to perceive, create, intuit, connect. You know, it's when you're stressed, it's launching you into a fight or flight mode. And so you're basically then wasting a lot of your physical and men mental energy preparing for what's essentially an imaginary tiger attack. And most of our modern day demands do not warrant this fight or flight thing. It's become maladaptive and disallowing us from performing at the top of our game. So if we start our day with this technique that gets us out of fight or flight and into what I call stay and play, and then we do it again like mid-afternoon where you would have had the coffee or the nap or the chocolate, you do it again, it gives, it gives you this surge of energy and creativity and productivity so you can A, finish your work more elegantly, but B, maybe even have a little bit of energy, a little gas left in the tank for your partner, for your kids, for your hobbies, for your side hustle. And that I think is, uh, especially as New Yorkers, you know, we're so used to leaving it all on the stage. We're so used to giving everything to our jobs. And it's like, well, what do we have left for our life? Yeah. 
And, you know, I think it comes with, you know, when you want to achieve something, anything, you're going to have to make sacrifices, right? So if you actually want to stress less in life, this is, you know, amazing advice. Now, question for you, selfishly, I'm going to ask this. When you recommend twice a day, is it a morning and night type of thing? It's actually in the morning before breakfast, coffee, or computer, like ideally first thing. And the second one wants to happen just really at any point before dinner. You don't want to do Ziva right before bed because it's too restful. It's the equivalent of 15 minute meditation is basically the equivalent of like an, an hour long nap, um, except for it doesn't give you the sleep hangover. And so you wouldn't take an hour long nap at 11 o'clock at night and try to go to bed at midnight. So same thing with this style of meditation. You don't want to do it right before bed because it can be too energizing. And also it's better for you to have that hit of energy mid afternoon than it is to have it at midnight. Got you. Okay. Very interesting. I love it. Now, staying on what I'm going to say, the topic of stress, quote unquote stress. Now, I know what it takes to launch a business. Uh, I've been a founder in tech. I've been a founder in agencies. So I'm curious from a business perspective, what was the transition like going from Broadway to Ziva? Well, to be honest, in the beginning, I thought I would do both. Like I thought, oh, well, this meditation thing will be like a cute side job. And I'll, if, I'm, if acting is slow, I'll teach more. And if teaching is slow, I'll act more. And I really thought that I would do both. Um, and that, that was fine for maybe a year. And then there was this one week where I was in final callbacks to play Velma in Chicago, the musical on Broadway. I was opening up the East Coast division of the number one acting school in LA. And I was training like five people as acting teachers. And then I was launching the world's first online meditation training. <laughs> and I knew nothing about, you know, tech or online. Like I was just teaching myself as I was going. And so anyway, that week was the week I decided like something's got to give. Like I can't do all three of these things well, even with meditation. <laughs> like I'm still failing here. Uh, and so that was the week that I called my agents and I was like, I love you guys, but I'm going all in on Ziva. And so I stopped acting, but I was still teaching acting. And then I did that for about a year. And then, you know, Ziva started growing so quickly that I was like, I'm, I'm, this wants all of my attention. It's becoming very clear where nature wants to use me. And so I stopped teaching acting and then I went all in on Ziva. And it's been a beautiful, fascinating, you know, sometimes scary, sometimes uh, frustrating journey. But by and large, it has been a wonderland of delights. Like it's just, I feel so grateful to have this thing that can take all of me. You know, I can pour my creativity and my performance and my spirituality and my coaching and therapy and, you know, psychology training. I can throw all of that into Ziva and, and not only does it have, is it a big enough vessel to hold it, but it's, it's a reciprocal exchange. You know, everything I put into this company, I get back tenfold. Like I, I am so nourished by teaching. I'm so nourished by my students and hearing their success stories and how they're performing better at life and in their relationships and how they're healing, you know, old traumas, physical things. And it's, it's just been honestly, like I am grateful beyond measure. And I know it sounds so cheesy, but I just, I'm, I really, every day, I'm so grateful for my team, the studio, the book, like all of it. It's, it's so awesome. That's great to hear. I mean, it sounds like you're very much so living in alignment and everything synchronized. So I love that. And you, you mentioned the journey. Now, what do you feel like was the biggest lesson learned, again, from a business perspective when it came to launching Ziva? Well, I think that 
especially in the spiritual world, but really anything you love, like, isn't there a story about a woman who loves baking? And so she's like, oh, I think I'll start a bakery. And really her, her love is baking. She doesn't want to run a business. You know, she's like, I don't want to run a bakery and the sheets and the profits and the P&L and, you know, because, and then it took the joy out of baking for her. And so I think it's knowing the difference between, you know, that advice of like, follow your passion, I think is sometimes dangerous because, and some, there's some funny quote of like, if, if people were all following their passion, we've had a lot of like Dungeons and Dragons players or Fortnite or whatever, <laughs> you know, like if people were just, we'd have a lot of professional Fortnite players if people were just following their passion. And so I think it's, it's not, it's not as simple as that. Um, I think you have to find out what your gifts are and how your gifts best serve the need of the time. And then which of those gifts you want to use. I think that's a, a way to get into alignment. Um, but anyway, long story short, I think that the biggest lesson was knowing that teaching meditation was a part of it. And meditation is a passion of mine. It's really changed my life for the better. Teaching it is fun for me and it's a passion of mine. But I was not naive to the fact that starting a company meant that maybe max of my time allocation was going to be 20% of actually teaching meditation. You know, like, and I was not... Uh, shy about that. Like I knew that I'd have to allocate, you know, 70, 80, sometimes 90% of my time and energy to the actual company. And so I, once I graduated from teacher training, I basically, I mean, yes, I was teaching all the while and in building those chops and building those muscles, but I was simultaneously learning how to run a company. I was, you know, going to online business school and I was and learning a lot from my husband. My husband is a brilliant strategist and he's a product guy. And, and he, while well, he's never, not, not until about three months ago, has he ever officially been involved in the company, but I was still learning so much from him, just having conversations over dinner. And I seeked out mentors and I would go to conferences and building friendships with people who were, had successful businesses in the wellness industry. And, and that turned out to be a real game changer for Ziva because then some of them became affiliates and, so I was learning by watching, I was learning by actually studying. And so, but I, but I think the main thing is that it wasn't a shock to me when like 90% of my day was on running the business and only 10% was teaching, you know, and now that started to shift a bit because I have a really great team and they're starting to take the stuff that I'm, that's not my zone of genius. They're starting to do that. And the company is becoming more self-sufficient so that I can teach more and write more and really be in the you know, live my head's a little bit more up in the clouds instead of dealing with day-to-day P&L sheets. Yeah, I hear that. No, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. You know, when you, you put in the work, clearly you put in the work and now you can reap the benefits and, you know, obviously you've been reaping them, but now transition into something that you, you know, you loved and why you got into this in the first place. And I also appreciate you mentioning the whole mentors and the continuous education. I think that's a, a reminder that needs to consistently be said. I mean, education never stops, right? So I'm, I'm definitely grateful you shared that. Now, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to get three more questions in. The first one being, what's a question you wished more people asked you about meditation or manifestation or mindfulness? Mm, great question. <laughs> uh, I wish that people asked me how to specifically move past their specific type of resistance. I think that people often don't realize that what they're framing as skepticism or what they're framing as like their stress is special or their life circumstances are special 
is, is actually sometimes fear. It's fear of stepping into their greatness. It's fear of realizing their full potential. And then that fear masquerades as, well, I'm too busy or I have kids or I have a dog. I had that, someone said that to me once. Just like, I have a dog. I can't meditate. And I was like, what are you saying <laughs> right now? <laughs> so it just, I wish that people were more hip to their own uh, slippery nature of fear. Uh, and so, and, and if you're aware of that, that the fear is going to show show itself in the form of different types of resistance. But I think if people are, are wise to that, then they can ask specific questions of like, hey, I'm noticing that my resistance is this thing. You know, what do you recommend to move past it? Totally makes sense. And I think that's applicable in, in multiple facets of life, right? You know, we, we come up with those, um, you know, different types of resistance and it leads to the procrastinations and, you know, actually never following through on the things that we actually want to do and living to our true potential. So I definitely appreciate that share. Now, I don't want to stump you on this one, but I have to ask, what was a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear, but it proved to be true over time? Mm. I'm sure you could call my husband up and ask him some. some he's, he's given me many. <laughs> and honestly, I have to give him a shout out because I think that he's very quietly and gently, you know, steered me out of a lot of ditches. You know what I want to, I have what I call the shiny train syndrome where I'm like, but everyone's doing the drop-in studio thing and everyone has an app. And, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in like, what's the new hot thing, especially because meditation was like, you know, so of the moment a few years ago when like Headspace and Calm and Budify and, you know, it's just all the rage because it was going from not, no one was talking about it to everyone was talking about it. And all the while, you know, when I would get really excited about, well, we have to do this thing because this is what's going to take over. He just would have me keep coming back to the basics of like, you know, what do you do? Like, what are you the best at? You know, like what is Ziva, how is Ziva providing value to your students? And, and like just coming back to those simple, simple truths, I think helps you to not get on that shiny train syndrome. And I think that as entrepreneurs, we often want to do everything. We want to be the best at everything and do all the different products. And it's like, no, no, no. Um, you gotta, you gotta figure out like, what's your core strategic objectives? What's defensible to you? What makes you unique? How are you helping? How are you providing value? And so just coming back to that simple truth, I think has really helped. And I never wanted to hear it because I always wanted to go off on some tangent, but ultimately that becomes like a waste of your energy or it can. No, a hundred percent. I love that. And you know, when it comes to shiny train syndrome, as you put it, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs and not even just entrepreneurs, but we're living in a world where, you know, we're on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the Twitters and the YouTubes and everything else. And we're, we're seeing all this glitzy glam and, you know, we kind of want to have our hands and, and dabble in that as well. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that. Now, if someone came up to you seeking a piece of advice to help them achieve their personal definition of success, what would you tell them? Well, twofold. One, I, I, I like those questions that I mentioned earlier, but I'll elaborate on them a little bit more, which is, you know, at, like read the newspaper once, you know, look at, you know, what's the most pressing need of the time. Watch the news, you know, once a year or so. And uh, then say, okay, well, which of my gifts best serves the need of the time, the most pressing need of the time? And then which of those gifts do I want to use? And 
And then I think a fourth question would be, which of those gifts do I want to use right now? And if you can, it's almost like a Venn diagram, right? We've got all the problems of the world. What are my unique gifts? Which of these are fun for me to use? Which of them are fun for me to use right now? And the, the center of that Venn diagram is going to be pretty small, right? And I think if you put your time and attention on whatever's inside of that, the chances are you're going to be successful, right? You're going to be relevant to nature. You're going to be leading with creation. You're going to be utilizing the gifts that you've been given by nature. And, uh, and I think that that's going to look pretty great for you. Um, then the other piece I would add to that is looking at the, at the holistic picture of your life. I have this amazing life coach. Her name is Lauren Zander. She's the founder of the Hendel Group. And she, to even sit down with her and do coaching, even for one session, you have to go through about eight to 12 hours of homework where you look at every single area of your life, you know, your, your professional life, your personal life, your physical life, your spiritual life, monetary life, service life, friends life, adventure. And she makes you write down your dream for every single area of your life. And then you have to rate where you are on a scale of one to 10. And then you have to say, identify what's keeping you from being at your dream. If you're at a four, why are you not at a 10? in all of those areas. And I think it's, it's a little pedantic and it takes a long time to get, it's because it's, you have to be brave to actually write down your dream in all those areas. But if you do it, you clarify what it is that you actually want in each area and then you get honest about where you are and then what's keeping you from being where you want to be. It's like, it's, it's fascinating how quickly life can shift. Oh, for sure. Self-awareness. I think that that's exactly what that exercise is about. Self-awareness is absolutely huge. And I appreciate you sharing that piece of advice, you know, in, you know, regards to that Venn diagram. I think that is a great way for anyone listening to, you know, spark ideas when it comes to entrepreneurship. We have a lot of people that tune into this show that want to be entrepreneurs. They may be in corporate, they want to transition, but they don't know what to do. And I think that's an amazing exercise to actually practice. And it's the first time I've heard of it. So I appreciate you sharing that, Emily. Yeah. And actually she has a great book. It's called Maybe It's You. It walks you through this process. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Emily, where can people keep up with you on social websites, any special projects you have going on? Yeah. So you can find our online and our live trainings at Ziva. That's Z as in zebra. <laughs> I, <laughs> V as in Victor, a. So zivameditation.com. Uh, that's where you can find Ziva online, which is our 15-day online training in the mindfulness, the meditation, and the manifesting. And we do uh, in-person intensives as well. And then we're all over social. We're just at Ziva Meditation. And then of course, there's the book called Stress Less, Accomplish More. And that is on Amazon and really most places books are sold. Awesome. Emily, thank you so much for hopping on here. I truly appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that is a wrap. Shout out to you, Emily, for coming on here and adding a ton of value. And also, shout out to you. Yes, you, the listener. Super grateful for you as well, giving us an opportunity to amplify this good word, this good message to all of you tuned in right now. And listen, it is super important to start taking action, right? It's one thing to consume content, it's another thing to actually act on it. Because if you're just consuming, 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 you're gonna become mentally fat. And there's no other way to put it. I don't mean to be that blunt, but I'm gonna be that blunt. When you just consume, 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 just think of food. You need to put it into action. So if there's something that resonates with you on a super high level here, what I'm gonna ask you to do is act on it. And on top of that, as mentioned earlier, way, 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 way back in this episode, make sure you share this as well. It's a simple text message, a simple share on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, whatever the case is. And while you're at it, while you're on social, what I'm gonna ask you to do is to make sure you're connected 
connected with Emily and her company. Seriously, you'll be able to find the links directly to her company and her personal pages in the show notes of this episode. So make sure you are doing that. Check out their meditation course. Literally, there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be checking things like this out. You need to be able to invest in yourself if you want to be the best version of yourself and you're tuned into a podcast. So you obviously do. Make sure you check them out. Head over to the website. All of the links are in the show notes of this episode. Now, as we always do, it is time to dive into those few points. And listen, there's a lot more than a few. I just want to make that clear, but we don't have that much time. I very much so respect your time. So I'm going to dive into just a few. The first one being going all the way back to the beginning of the episode. And it's something I actually wish that I talked to Emily more about. She mentioned the happiness of pursuit and the pursuit of happiness. Now there's a major difference there. The first one I mentioned, the happiness of pursuit is more so about the hustle, right? But when you flip it and you pursue happiness, it is an absolute world of difference. So what I want you to do is literally dive deep into what you're doing, what your actions are on a daily basis. Literally identify them. What are you pursuing? Are you pursuing happiness in all of your actions or are you kind of just hustling? And I think that right there is a major, major key that contributes to success if you're chasing the wrong things. It contributes to anxieties and worries and fears and things of that nature. It is super, super important to be super self-aware of your actions and what they are putting you on a path to get to. Really, really wanted you to identify that. Now, that's exactly why I'm bringing that up. Now, the second thing, maybe it's the most obvious thing of this episode, but you know, I've resonated with on such a high level, honestly, the importance and power of meditation. There is so much importance in meditation and I can tell you I'm not the best meditator in the world but I don't think you have to aim at being like this freaking amazing meditator it's just like practice it's a practice right it is a practice you're not gonna do it one day and have it down packed like it my expectation and that that's the word I'm looking for here it's the expectation when you're able to remove that expectation it becomes a lot more pleasant it becomes a lot less quote-unquote troublesome you're able to find time for you're able to make time for you're able to know that you should be doing this now why I bring this up is because I can see how drastically different my days are when I take anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes to meditate. That could be once or twice a day. Sometimes when my days are a little bit hectic, I'll make sure that I meditate at night or early evening before dinner or something of that nature. In fact, I just meditated in my pool this morning. Like I was just floating, literally just floating. And it was so freaking awesome. Seriously, my days are so much different when I'm able to take the time to meditate. So I highly suggest you incorporating that in some way, shape or form in your day. Listen, start small. You don't have to freaking meditate for 20 minutes right off the bat. In fact, that's actually quite hard. I've thought that I would have been a pro. Like I think I'm a pro at most things. And next thing you know, I'm down to 10 minutes and then I'm working my way up from 10 to 12, 12 to 15, 15 to 20. And the list goes on, right? Just give it a shot. I highly, highly suggest that. Now, the third thing that I want to talk about is knowing your resistance or knowing your multiple resistances, if that's even a word, right? It comes down to being uber, uber, uber self-aware of why you are experiencing resistance, right? What are your fears? And this really requires you to get deep. 
Like, it's not surface level shit here. We're not talking surface level shit. Like, you have literal roots within you that are deep, deep, deep roots. However many years old you are, like, it's deep in you. And you need to uncover that and realize or become self-aware of what your resistances are, right? Why do you experience the fears that lead to the procrastinations? All of that is so, so crucial in helping you develop into the individual that you want to become, right? Being able to maximize your greatness all starts with really being self-aware of who you are in its entirety, not just on the surface level and working at it. And it's not something that comes overnight. It's not something that happens overnight. It is continuous repetition. It is continuously showing up. It is continuously taking action. So again, those three things are number one, the happiness of pursuit and the pursuit of happiness, knowing the difference between the two and identifying which you believe you're on. Number two, the importance of meditation, the power behind meditation, kind of the premise of this entire episode, right? And number three, being uber self-aware to identify what your resistances are in life, why, how you can work on them and everything in between. I think that's super, super important. Now there's literally a million more points that I can go off of here, but I want to respect your time. So again, shout out to you for tuning in. Make sure you're connected with Emily on social. We're gonna make sure that her links are in the show notes of this episode to make it super easy for you. If this episode resonated with you on a super high level, what I'm going to ask you to do is make sure you share it. I know I've mentioned that twice already, but third time's a charm, so why not? Connect with me on social. I would love to keep up with you and learn why you love this episode, why you keep tuning into this show, or how you even stumbled across this show. You know where to find me at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S on Instagram and Twitter, Matt Labrie on Facebook and LinkedIn. As you know, I keep saying it. I'm doubling down on LinkedIn. If I don't have you on LinkedIn yet, what are you waiting for? Let's make sure we're connected there super powerful platform that I am really taking advantage of as you should as well and lastly my last request I charge you zero dollars to tune into this show Seriously, I really don't charge anyone any, but I do have a way that I would love for you to pay us back, and that is to leave a rating and review for this show. I don't care if you leave one stars, I don't care if you leave five or anything in between, I just wanna know your genuine feedback on this show. How can we make this show the best show out there? And that is literally up to you. I really wanna know your feedback. So again, if you could leave a rating and review, especially if you're tuned in from iTunes, that would mean the absolute world to us. Now everyone, until next time, be blessed, make sure you meditate. Talk soon. Peace.